0: Glowing, round beings that seemingly float before you in red, yellow, blue, and all the hues in between, soundlessly, wistfully, lazily, softly. There are many kinds of paranormal entities, but these bright, colorful, circular creatures are known as guideposts. All guideposts are devoid of defining characteristics, like bodies, limbs, and even faces. A swirl of color, altering lumosity, seemingly gentle movement, they also all travel in and exist as a flock. Though simple upon first glance, guideposts are complex organisms, Even they can be broken down into several categories. Orbs and Wonderlights are the most numerous and known. Indifferentiable to novices, they have two very important differences. First, Wonderlights are smaller and generally have multicolored bodies. Second, more Wonderlights are visible at a time than Orbs always more than four appearing at once. It is very important to know the difference between the two as one leads victims to a specific place, whereas the other takes victims to a place.
1: Hello, welcome to the Ballyraven Archives submission hotline. Have your information and contact info on hand. To leave a message, press 1. To check your case status, press 2. To submit an alert, press 2. Please enter your four-digit identifier. Thank you, Matthew. A four Fend caseworker will be with you shortly. Do you know the risks associated with poltergeists? Join our paranormal safety classes to keep up to date on precautionary measures.
0: We've been so excited to talk to you. Delve through the archives. Snippets of forgotten history, ignored accounts, and strange fragments. Learn of secrets, hidden creatures, dangers you've never considered, And things they've never wanted you to know. This episode brought to you by
1: Julia T Matthew Shang Michaela D Chris L Shelby F Casey R Donovan Scherer Heather Michael Shang, Tracy and Lita Puckett, TCR, Ronald M, Daniel B, and listeners and supporters like you. This program is brought to you by. The Ballyraven Archive of Monsters and Magic and the Fend Wildlife Management Service. This episode is suitable for most audiences. Some material may be frightening to listeners.
0: Keep the natural ecosystem in balance. Appreciate the wild. Protect your local cryptids and learn how to peacefully coexist.
2: Well, I never really believed in the paranormal. Was always fascinated with cryptids and legends and more, but I never genuinely believed in the paranormal until I had my own experience, um, and that that just completely it completely changes you as uh, um, as a person, um, and uh, and it makes you reevaluate. Uh, your um, your outlook on the natural world, um, which is scary, uh, but it's something that that is also very important because um, our understanding of the natural world is continuously growing. Um, but it exists. Whether people don't believe it or not, it exists. You know, it's something. It's, I don't know if it's something psychological or physical or other. I, it just it exists. I know. I know. I know it exists. So I, I felt and seen. And, uh, you know, I, uh, you know uh, a lot of folks um, will say that personal experience is the least, you know, a form of evidence that really isn't, you know, a lot of people just think that it's because it, it, your brain can is a weird thing. Right. And uh, and it can it tries to make sense of what it, it, it's seeing. So to sometimes it it sees things that aren't actually it or because all all your brain knows is what it knows, right? So it's just kind of like they 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 it sees this unknown thing, so it like tries to mesh it with what it knows, um, and yeah, I just uh, I, I I I felt broken uh, the first time, um, like someone had just like reached into my brain and just snapped it in half. Uh, it wasn't fun. It wasn't great, but it definitely expanded my mind.
3: Do you want to talk about your experience, Matt? Or, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, you, I okay, could I can do that. I don't want to, like, you know, push your pro No,
2: or, no. Yeah. Um, no, and it's it's also, you know, folk, folks like hearing... I've had a couple, but... Um, yeah, so, first experience my, uh, my buddy and I would go night hiking and I live in Western New York and, uh, this was in the small town of, uh, Asheville. And so we would point in a direction and then just hike and hike until we got tired and then set up wherever we, we could. Um, and so we went through this field and went underneath this, uh, this like draft horse fence and, um, shortly into that, uh, we saw this like light in the distance and there so the place where I grew up, you're always told not to go towards lights in the woods because uh, there are a lot of folks that live in the woods um, that really don't want to be bothered. Uh, they don't really participate. In the community, they're just kind of out there and they live um, out there. Uh, So, like, if you see a fire in the middle of the woods, don't go towards it. Uh, And uh, so we thought it was one of these folks that kind of lived off the grid, lived in, in, in the woods. So it was like this weird blue light that was dim towards the center. But at first it was like moving like, like, like from left to right. So it looked like someone running with like a light, you know what I mean? And, uh, as it got a bit closer, like I completely, I completely just like froze and my, my friend froze and, uh, um, I can't describe it any other way than I felt like, like butter just like melting. Um, My body was having such a weird reaction. Um, We had these machetes on us because we were going through like really thick forested area. My body just kicked into like fight and flight mode at the same time. And so I was like screaming to myself. I wasn't actually screaming, but um, just like run, run, run. And my hand was like, Grasping onto the machete so hard that it, it like had made marks on my hand for a long time after, uh, um, I woke up out of it and I had to smack my friend a bunch to wake him out of it. Um, I don't know how long we were there for, but, um, we just started running and, uh, I forgot about the draft horse fence. And, uh, uh, I ran into it, uh, and, uh, and so out of panic, I ripped it out and then started hacking the barbed wire. Cause I, I was freaking out. My adrenaline was just like, and my buddy was smart enough to shoot underneath the fence. But as he was doing that, I hit one of the barbed, uh, the, the wires and it hooked into his eye and well, not into his eye, his eyelid and, uh, and ripped open his eyelid and, uh, we decided to just run and, uh, uh, we ended up, I, well, so, so we, we, we came upon this, like this plot of land, this farmer's plot of land and laid in the field, um, until sunrise because, um, everyone owns guns in that area. And so if they see someone in the middle of the night on their property, they're going to shoot. So, um, and so we waited till morning and then went up to their their home and they told us that we were in the next town over. So I guess we had been running for a long time. Uh, yeah, you know, I wasn't really the the same after that. I tried to put things together and it didn't work out. Um, yeah. Yeah, but that was my first experience, and I, and it's terrifying at the time. But also, it was so, just like mind-expanding. It just it 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 opened up possibilities, and and the fact that 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 it it, it was almost humbling because we, because I, I think people as a whole like to think they know everything about the natural world and the sciences and it's proof that we don't. And so maybe it's, 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 and I was definitely like that. Um, So maybe it's just like, maybe it was just a knock off the horse. That was like, okay, get back up, but get back up on the horse thinking differently about things. I like
3: what, you know, and we talked, talked about this last time, but yeah, there's a lot of like arrogance that humans have. Even though, like, like we think we know everything and all this. And even though we don't even know what, you know, what everything is that lives in our ocean. You know what I mean? Like, you right. know, brought it up last time. is like the ocean's not even fully explored. But we have this, this idea that we, we've seen it all. It's what it's Right.
2: Awesome, you know. Right. It's this arrogance that's, um, and, you know, I definitely was, I definitely thought like that. There's That there's no mystery in this world. And there is there's a significant amount of mystery and, you know, we're discovering new species all the time, you know, um, maybe, maybe there were just things we weren't supposed to know. I'm
3: sure every time you tell the story to someone, they all probably ask the same thing, but I, I also want to know, do you have any ideas as to what that was, like what this light
2: was, like any theories? Mm -hmm. Um, I was so, what I believe it was, again, I am, I really enjoy Fae encounters and Fae lore. And I think the closest thing that I could, if I could put that and describe it as anything or, or put it into a category, it would be like something like Willow the Wisp or, um, you know, some folks call it will o Wisp, um, which is this intelligent, spirit, forest spirit, that kind of draws people in. Not sure of its intentions, but that's the only thing I could compare it to. Closest thing in our our collective
3: mythologies that can kind of fit into that. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, well, thank you for sharing with us.
0: Great job, everyone. Okay, so, uh, you... Put everything in the right category, please. And you go out and investigate. Make sure to do some follow up questions. Uh, wouldn't be bad to take the paranormal equipment with you. File this information away in the Wonderlight category. Let's see. Uh, and make sure to keep his case file on hand. Uh, you have his email, right? Good. Andy, please schedule at least one more interview. Overall, guys, wonderful work. We'll meet back next month and um, see what we got with this. Have a good night.
1: Now playing. An introduction to wander Lights. Last archive update on this subject. September 28th, 2022 at 9.45 a.m. Paranormal entities are a dangerous new science. Do not test these theories or put yourself in dangerous situations.
0: Along the little Kanawha River, men worked, caked in mud and sweat, chilled by splashing water. They worked in large groups before the sun came up, and the banks were never clear again until after the light had long gone. Cut timber rolled down the West Virginian landscape, stopping here, waiting to be moved along. Noisy, busy. The comings and goings of others was hard to notice. Logs on the bank were pushed into the water. There, men waited, fashioning the felled trees into thick rafts. Section by section, a large flat boat was created. These would be drifted and manned downriver. While the bustle of activity drove away most wildlife, It attracted something strange. After twilight, a peculiar glow could be seen on the edge of the forest. It wasn't bright at first, but it grew redder and redder each night. As it deepened into an angry, burning hue, it became harder to look away from, harder to ignore, harder to stop the wondering and curiosity inside. It grew with each peak, each registration of the odd glow. Wondering eyes, bathroom breaks, back stretches, men walked away, but never returned. The crew grew fewer and fewer each month. Runaways, clumsy casualties, or misremembered events. Workers were quickly replaced as needed, those missing thought of derisively, yet soon forgotten. Few thought to blame the red lights that appeared before them at night. Few really remembered their existence until they spotted them at night once more. Catching men's eyes, the lights chose one victim each night. Sometimes their target resisted the urge to listen to them, but more often than not, the lights were obeyed. The lights began hunting in West Virginia, here, in the mid-19th century. They have not stopped. Swaying left to right, right to left, arching repeatedly, the little Kanawha River wonderlights capture and keep attention, hypnotizing prey. Balls of light six inches tall and six inches wide, they float three feet off the ground. When observed often or long, a door is opened, and they are invited into one's mind, allowing telepathic communication. While they are not considered intelligent or able to read one's mind, they can gather one important bit of information. Calling out in a gentle, woman's voice, the wonderlights beckon to pray by name, Hello? requesting them to come nearer and nearer. <laughs> Strangely, this soft voice in one's mind is hard to resist, and is not frightening, but soothing. Each stretching about ten feet after the other, these Wonder lights appear in curved lines of five, When their followers get too close, about three feet away, the frontmost wonderlight vanishes, appearing again at the line's end. Far away from people, familiarity, and other light, including that of the moon, the orbs that disappear with nearness do not return. Alone together in the darkest section of wood, one wonderlight remains, a bright, rosy red, It continues to beckon, painting the trees, leaves, grass, dirt, and bush in scarlet hues. Like a bug to a flame, its prey nears, reaches out a hand, and touches the light. With a brief, bright flash, all evidence of the red lights and its victim are swept away. Those who have fell prey to these lights have been found as close as a neighboring city and as far away as in the middle of an adjacent state with no memory of how they got there. The Little Kanawha River wonderlights can still be found up and down the river's shores on the edge of the forest. They favor the Pratt-Through Trust Bridge in Burnsville above all of their other hunting grounds these events only occur after dusk and before the sunrise. They are less active on nights with a full moon, but more so on new moon nights. While any sentient being can be enthralled, targeted by these creatures, they latch on to those who appear more easily entranced or unfamiliar with the area, to the absent-minded, and especially to humans. The hungrier they are, the lighter their color, and the more desperate and aggressive their attacks. Unlike earthly organisms, paranormal beings often require abstract energy sources to survive. Wonderlights feed on time stolen from their victims, as well as the distance victims are led and teleported. Each step taken nourishes the closest light, whereas the time their victim loses track of, the distance they are deposited away feeds the last light. This stronger Wonderlight plans and heads the next hunt. These endeavors take great energy to perform, it the most healthy, strong, and capable individuals and in wonderlight groups take turns feeding and leading. Oftentimes the number of wonderlights in a group will remain the same throughout their entire existence. Targets and victims of wonderlights experience memory loss, disorientation, and fatigue. Those who do not follow wonderlights or do not follow far may recall some of their experience, though very little. Most cannot remember where they were before their encounter, or even that they saw strange lights at all. Those led or teleported long distances experience greater harm. These individuals may be plagued with long-term memory issues, the erasure of past memories, prolonged confusion, and... Rarely, a fear of bright lights. Those teleported by wonderlights are absorbed temporarily into the creature and floated, dropped elsewhere. This process does not greatly alter other organisms' mental or physical conditions, though it may cause minor changes. All wonderlight victims have one thing in common, a similar waking. The desire to run Feelings of panic and fear, and great confusion are all experienced once the pool of a wonderlight wears off or breaks. Most wonderlights bring their fully hunted mules between 10 and 30 minutes away from their original position. Stronger, larger, or more complex wonderlights may bring victims farther away or even forward in time or to another dimension. For common wonderlights, precautions can be easily taken. First, never stare at lights that move in unexpected ways, are strange colors, or are in confusing positions. Second, keeping a newly found object on one's person keeps the body from being absorbed into the wonderlight and teleported elsewhere. Freshly obtained trinkets possessed for no longer than three days keep one grounded. With this protection, though victims may find themselves deep in nearby woods, they will be closer to their starting points. As it is nearly impossible to tell a common or greater wonderlight apart without studying an area and its paranormal activity it is best to avoid wild or unfamiliar places after dark. Greater wonderlights are far more dangerous, unpredictable, and alluring, and they require stronger wards to resist their pull and abilities. If you or someone you know has had an experience with a wonderlight or a knowledge of their history, folklore, or protective rituals, please contact the Order of the Ballyraven through the Ballyraven Museum of Monsters and Magic. Click on the Help Desk tab to send us a voicemail or a message.